in the final week of our series, Hearing God. And all throughout this series, we've been exploring how God speaks to us through Jesus, through Scripture, and through the still, small voice of His Spirit within us. However, so far, we've primarily been focused on what God might want to say to us for our own benefit. Today, I want to explore the idea that God may speak to us for the benefit of other people. And I want to start off with a story. A couple years ago, our lead pastor apprentice, Ted Canaris, and I were teaching at a conference on this idea of God speaking to us for the benefit of other people. And we decided to have everyone try a simple yet somewhat crazy exercise. We had everyone stand up, find someone they didn't know, and then spend 30 seconds in silence asking God to bring to mind an object for the other person. We had no idea what to expect. But right after the exercise, two guys asked to share what had happened. These two guys had never met before. Yet one of them said, as soon as I got quiet, a picture popped into my head of a tool belt and a hammer. I have no idea why I started thinking about that, but I shared it with my partner. And then his partner spoke up and said, he had no way of knowing this, but this month I quit my job because I've been feeling this conviction that God wants me to devote more of my time to ministry and my job was getting in the way of that. And he said, to support myself, I decided to try and start my own handyman business. And to be honest, I've been pretty freaked out. I've wondered if I made a big mistake, but as soon as he told me that the object he saw was a tool belt and a hammer, I knew it was God reassuring me that I am on the right path and he will take care of me. What do you think about that? Does it encourage you? When you hear stories like that, does it deepen your faith that God is intimately involved in our lives and, and speaking to us in ways that we can recognize? Or does it make you uncomfortable? This idea of God giving us words or images to share with other people might be something you've never experienced before. And, and let's face it, it can be a little weird, right? Perhaps it makes you a bit guarded, and you might have good reasons. If you've ever had experiences where people have said things like, God told me and then spoke words that were misleading or even harmful, no doubt you might experience some skepticism. No matter how that story made you feel, there is one thing we can't really deny about it. The man who received the words about a tool belt and a hammer left the encounter feeling strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. And if there's ways that God could use you to speak words that strengthen, encourage, and comfort the people you care about, wouldn't it be worth exploring that possibility? Today, I want to challenge you to lean in and consider how God might want you to hear from Him for other people. As I mentioned, we're in the last week of our series called Hearing God. A disciple of Jesus is a person who hears from God and does what He says. Therefore, one of the most important tasks as a disciple is to learn to hear God's voice so that we can do what He says. And yet we've been candid throughout the series that most of us struggle with this in some way. But we've tried to help one another grow because the ability to hear God is something we can all grow in as we grow in our relationship with Jesus. 
Now, today we're going to explore this idea that God wants to speak to us for other people. And this idea, it has a biblical name and it's called prophecy. And let me acknowledge that the idea of practicing prophetic words is new for many of us. And maybe you even feel some hesitancy about it. So right up front, let me assure you that prophecy is not about getting stuff we want to say to other people off our chest or manipulating other people with God told me language. No, prophecy is a life-giving spiritual practice that we see all throughout scripture. In fact, Jesus spoke prophetically. One example of Jesus doing this is in the story that we've been grounded in all throughout this series, the story of the couple on the road to Emmaus. As Jesus met them on the road and began to talk with them and explain the scriptures to them, this couple came to realize that the words they were receiving from Jesus were for them. After Jesus left them, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They knew that they had received prophetic words from Jesus that were meant for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Have you ever experienced that? A follower of Jesus speaking a prophetic word into your life that, that made your heart burn, and not in the indigestion kind of way, but in the soul-stirring way. One example of how this happened in my own life took place uh, about nine years ago. The leadership here at Community asked me to step into the role of leading the teaching team across all our expressions. And I said yes, but I'll admit, I was a little nervous about it. I think I wondered if I was really qualified to take on this role. I felt the weight of the responsibility in it. Well, a few weeks later, I was at a conference and in one of the sessions, a young guy, probably a college student, was sitting next to me. We didn't really interact before or during the session except to say hello. But when the session ended, he turned to me and with a bit of a nervous trepidation in his voice said, I, I feel like God wants me to tell you something. And I assured him that I was open to hearing what he had to share. And so he said, for some reason, all throughout this session, I kept feeling that God wanted me to tell you that he loves the sound of your voice. Well, let me just, just tell you that I immediately knew that he wasn't talking about my singing voice. His words made my heart burn. Like the couple on the road to Emmaus, I received those words as God reassuring me that he was the one calling me to this new teaching role and that he was delighted when I used my voice to teach people about him. I don't know who that young guy was. I've never seen him since, but I am so glad that he took a risk and shared those words with me. So what exactly is prophecy? Pastors Hannah and Alex Absalom define prophecy this way. Prophecy is the loving supernatural ability to know and appropriately speak the mind of God on a specific subject at a specific time by the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is meant to be a loving supernatural activity. It's about sharing God's thoughts and God's heart. It is prompted and inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's that, that nudge that we can feel inside of us that doesn't originate in our own will or desires. The reality is God has always spoken to his people through prophetic words. 
Throughout the Old Testament, God used specific people to speak prophetic words to the people of God. But prophecy isn't just an Old Testament activity. God continues to speak this way and in a new way. I would argue that his desire is for prophetic speech to be widespread among us. And here's why I make that claim. In the Old Testament book of Joel, God promised that one day this would happen. God says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Then in the New Testament, after the disciples received the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up before this large crowd and he quotes this passage from Joel and declares that this promise is now fulfilled. The Spirit has been poured out. And what does Peter say will now happen? Men and women alike will receive the Spirit and they will prophesy. Prophecy is supposed to be happening. In fact, prophecy is something Paul urges us to desire. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Paul wants us to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy so that we can strengthen, encourage, and comfort one another and edify or build up the church. I had an experience where I think God used me like this not too long ago. I was meeting with a friend who opened up to me about how she had been struggling. And, and my friend, she is a go-getter, someone who likes to get a lot accomplished in a day. But she said that the last few weeks she had been struggling with motivation and found herself emotional, crying for no discernible reason. And out of the blue, as I was listening to her, I, I had this thought pop in my head. And so I said to my friend, while you've been sharing, a, a thought popped into my head Maybe you aren't supposed to stop crying. Maybe God wants you to sit with him in your tears. And something felt like it just shifted in that moment, where both my friend and I could tell that, that those were words that she needed. And in the days ahead, she did just that. She didn't try to control her emotions. She just sat with God in her tears. And he met her in that place. And she described it as not sad, but as a time of cleansing. Have you ever had a moment like that, where something you shared turned out to be the, the just right words someone needed to hear, or where someone spoke the just right words to you? What if we could experience moments like this frequently? What if we're meant to? Prophecy is the loving supernatural ability to know and appropriately speak the mind of God on a specific subject at a specific time by the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So how can we be more intentional about practicing prophecy, about hearing from God for other people? 
Let's walk through five phrases that can help us practice prophetic words. First, ask for words. Ask God to give you prophetic words. Let's operate in faith that God wants to give us words to encourage our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers. Paul encouraged the Corinthians to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. So let's be bold and ask God to speak to us for others. Second, listen intently. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, this might take some practice because many of us are not used to being still and silent. Let's create space in our lives for this. Think about it like this. I can't choose to fall asleep. If you've ever struggled with insomnia, you know that you can't just decide, I'm going to fall asleep now. However, you can choose to put yourself in a posture and a rhythm that welcomes sleep. You can lie down in your bed, close your eyes, slow your breathing. And in that posture, the chances of you receiving sleep are much greater than if you choose to sit upright watching Netflix while drinking Mountain Dew. And in a similar way, we can't force God to give us words for others, but, but we can put ourselves in a posture that increases the likelihood that we'll receive them. Remember the opening story? Just 30 seconds of silence and a posture of openness brought the image of the hammer and the tool belt to the man's mind. I have a friend who starts every morning thinking about the people that he's meeting with that day. And then he just pauses for a few moments to listen to God in case God wants to give him a word to share with those people. As you wait with a posture of openness, write down words or images or phrases that come to mind, even if at first they don't make any sense, write them down. So much of prophecy is about simply paying attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. All right, third, filter in love. And this is so important. So let's take a moment to go back to 1 Corinthians 14 to understand it. Notice in the first verse, Paul says that we are to follow the way of love. Prophecy is meant to be a loving supernatural activity. Remember, prophecy is not about getting stuff we want to say to other people off our chest or manipulating other people with God told me language. The heart behind prophetic speech is love. It's about sharing God's thoughts and God's heart. And in this passage, Paul also tells us what the outcome of prophecy should be. It is for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort of others. Therefore, if you think God is giving you a word for another person, filter it through this passage. Ask yourself, is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Is it comforting? I would suggest that if the word we feel led to share doesn't make it through those filters, it's best to speak the word to God in prayer rather than to the other person. On the other hand, if it does make it through those filters, even if it doesn't immediately have meaning to us or the person we share it with, it will be encouraging. So, so filter everything in love. Fourth, share in faith. And this is probably the most difficult one. Here's the thing. Chances are you're going to feel unsure about what you heard. You might even feel foolish sharing the word with the person. I usually always feel that way. I can easily talk myself out of going out on a limb to share. But as I've practiced prophecy, I've collected enough experiences where the word that God gave me to share seemed to be the, 
the just right thing for that person at the just right time and now, I don't want to miss being used that way in another person's life simply because I feel weird. So here is where we need to step out in faith to overcome the fear of looking foolish and share the word that God has given us. Finally, release in humility. One of the ways we release the word in humility is by being very careful to frame it with humility. We don't say something like, or or we do say something like, I I don't know if this will resonate with you, uh, so please pray about it, but, and then share. Or in case this is something the Holy Spirit is giving for me for you, I want to share. Now notice, I did not say, God said, or God told me. No, let's hold these words in humility. Releasing in humility also includes letting go of the outcome. I've had people say, man, I needed to hear that. But I've also had people respond to me saying, well, that's random and weird. And if that's the response you get, it's okay. Don't try to force someone to agree with your prophetic word. Just because it might not mean something to them in the moment doesn't mean that it won't have significance down the road. You don't have to control the impact of the word. You can release it in humility. How might God want you to hear from him for other people? Before we wrap this up, I want us to stretch ourselves right now. I want us to get quiet for a minute and invite God through his Holy Spirit to put a word on our heart for another person. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Just close your eyes. And in these next few seconds, ask God to bring a person to your mind. And once that person is in your mind's eye, let's just take a few moments to silently listen. Pay attention to any words or images, maybe even a scripture that comes to mind in this moment. Let's take a minute to be silent before God and ask Him for a word for that person. Okay, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If God brought someone to mind and gave you a word, share it with that person today. You can take out your phone right now and text them if you want. If you didn't receive anything in this moment, don't be discouraged. We need to practice this. A great place to start is in your small group. Ask God to give you words for one another and then share what you hear. 
Theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the testimony of other Christians, in the mouths of human beings. Therefore, Christians need other Christians who speak God's word to them. We need each other to hear from God for each other. Imagine what could happen in your coworker's life, your child's life, your friend's life, your spouse's life, if you heard from God and shared a word that would strengthen, encourage, and comfort them. Imagine what could happen in your own life if you received words like that from them. Let's open ourselves to the supernatural way God wants to work among us. Let's hear from Him for each other.